0: Welcome to 1001 Books, the podcast where we read the 1001 books that experts say you're supposed to read before you die and decide if they're really worth your time. I'm Nicole, a lover of Harry Potter and historical fiction. And I'm Chelsea, a lover of Harry Potter as well. And any good book that's going to make me cry. Yes, yeah, so this week we're already on book 28, but before we get into it, what else have you been reading lately, Chelsea? Um,
1: I recently read All Your Perfects by Colleen Hoover. and that is a book about a couple that is struggling with infertility and then there's some, um, some infidelity in it as well. Oh. Um, and it does this really beautiful thing in it where, They've written love letters to each other on their anniversaries and they have stored them in this box. They have to read them and I feel like that might have been a spoiler, but it doesn't tell you the answer. But it was just really beautifully well done Um, and I generally shy away from stories that have to do with infidelity because I've had a partner cheat on me before Um, and this book was really good. Like it handled it really well. It didn't forgive the person for doing it, but it did humanize the person. I just thought it was really well done, and I really liked it. Um, Colleen Hoover is definitely a hit or miss author for me. I sometimes really like her work, and then I sometimes really hate it. And so it was nice that it was a good one.
0: Yeah, it's I. So right when you said her name's Colleen Hoover, and then you said it's about you know infertility, because in my mind I was I was about to say. Colleen's totally on my future baby name list. I really like that <laughs> name. Like, it's about infertility. I was like, oh, Stu. Not, a not nice thing the time. Uh, <laughs> um, a book that I've been reading lately was called uh, 10 Women by Marcella Serrano. And so I downloaded this book for free on Kindle on World Book Day. On World Book Day this year, Amazon put 10 books up for free that were from, like, different countries. And I downloaded most of them, all the ones that sounded interesting. But I hadn't read any because I'm not really an e-book mm-hmm. reader all. But I read this one because I was on a camping trip and uh, well, we were staying in a yurt. So we had electricity and I finished both books that I had brought on the trip, including uh-huh. uh, Look Homeward Angel, the podcast book. So like, it, it, really, it really got me to finish that book because I didn't like it. Um, but then I was like, oh, I have those books. I can get those on my phone. And so this book is from Chile and it's... Um, it's told in 10 chapters, each like each is like a different woman, and they're all women that have been getting therapy from the same woman, and then she's brought them all together into a group for the first time. Oh. And so they're all just kind of talking about their lives and why they're in therapy and what they're getting out of it, but mostly they're just kind of telling the story of their lives, and they're different ages, and they're from different income brackets – uh, it's, it was really good I think good. I
1: downloaded that on World World yeah. Book Day and I it's, short. Read it yet, it's short it's
0: short mm-hmm. it's like 150 pages um it was really good because I'm pretty
1: sure I downloaded almost all of them I was like free books sure yeah and,
0: and that's the only one I read and then when I finished that I was like oh I gotta read the rest of them but then all the other ones are 700 plus pages and yeah. I was like well shoot <laughs> put, put those off for a rainy day
1: all right well we also read a book this week oh, for the podcast before
0: we get into that oh, yeah. I was gonna say when we're released this episode you will have just um, started school again teaching um so you're just about to go back as a recording how are you feeling first grade is coming uh, back yeah I
1: met them we have a meet the teacher night in my district I think that's pretty common around the country and I met all my little firsties and they're super sweet I only had um two children cry because I'm scary uh right. that seems good and other than that I think it's going to be a good group I I do this thing in my classroom where I make everything look beautiful, as if by everything looking beautiful, the year will suddenly magically <laughs> be great. Um, and one of the things I got to add to my classroom this year is one of my really good friends, Beth, who's uh, going to be Beth, who's going to be a bridesmaid at my wedding. Context: The rest of you didn't need to know, but for Nicole, um, <laughs> it made me a gift for my birthday that says. I like big books, and I cannot lie. And it's a cross stitch, oh. and it's like she framed it for me, and it's totally appropriate because nobody, like, no first grader is going to pick up that that's I like big butts, and I cannot mm.
0: lie. Um, so I put it up on one of my bookshelves. I like oh, big books, and awesome. I cannot
1: lie. And every day I see it, it makes me smile.
0: That's really great. Yeah, I always look forward to Chelsea's uh, stories about her first graders <laughs> or in the past second graders because every year. There's always at least one kid that is a struggle, you know, like to support. Um, And hopefully, usually you like work it out. But it's always like one that takes more energy. But then sometimes there's just really funny ones, like really funny, like a little girl who always pretended she was a cat all the time. That's my favorite one. Well, we should tell. I'm actually (laughs) going to tell my favorite. This is a side
1: note. But my favorite student story ever is our friend of the podcast, Amanda, was in my classroom. Um, she's an OT and so she was trying to see some typically developing kiddos and she was just visiting and I had a little boy who she was working with and he looked up at her and he goes, are you really miss link? My last name's best friend or friend. And then he goes, yeah, we've been friends for forever. We've known each other since we were in school and the little boy so sincerely looks at her and he goes, I thought we were her only friends. <laughs>
0: I never heard that before. That's amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, among uh, inspiring fear, I also inspired him to think that I'm a spinster with no friends. It's so. full, full spectrum. <laughs> yeah. You should look, I mean, I, Yeah. As we come back into school, I may sound more tired in these next few episodes, yeah, more but like, I will
0: pull out of the slope. You're, you'll have more like, like, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Like, Words more of that. so hard. Yeah. The sentences yeah. forming. And I work at a college, too, but our students don't come back. I work at school, too, a college. Our students don't come back until the end of September. So you have a little more. So, yeah. So we're still in like full planning mode for them to come back, and I'm, uh, my team is, and I'm but I'm like, it's so dead in the summer, mm-hmm. but we, sl- I, we still have to work. <laughs> and so I'm just like, yeah. I'm like, oh, I can't wait. It's so much. There's so much more fun things to talk about when the students are there with all of their energy and drama. And
1: Our podcast book this week, it is The Postman Always Rings Twice by James M. Kane. It was published in 1964. four. Nope, it is 1934. 34. We wrote 60. 60- oh, you're sixes. Threes and sixes. It was fine. Uh, <laughs> those are the same number. <laughs> it's numbers. a three, Kelsey.
0: <laughs> It's a three. (laughs) I don't have to teach handwriting for a living, so it doesn't matter.
1: Uh, 1934, which when we talk about this book is going to mean a whole lot because it definitely um, impacts the way we interpreted it. Yeah. Um, and it is an American author. This book was also very short. It was only about 120 pages.
0: Yeah. I think it's the shortest one we've read for the podcast. I read this book in one sitting. It's the only podcast book I've done that for. Yeah.
1: And I listened to it on book on tape and it was only a three hour book on tape. That's, yeah. That's which so is short. so <laughs> short. Um, so... On top of that, what was your one word for this book when you were reading it? Your one word description.
0: Oh, um, remorseless. Remorseless. Lacking remorse. Mine was Tarantino. <laughs> I know. I also thought of um, Madcap. You have used that before. I feel like that was a best this book. Oh, yeah, Madcap. But did I use that for the first episode? Um. Yeah. When I used Wack Doodle or whatever, I think so. Doodle <laughs> and
1: Madcap.
0: <laughs> so okay so those are our one words they're pretty silly Um, if we were to describe this uh, book in one sentence a quick plot we would say Cora and Frank enter into an illicit love affair that ends with a murder Murder." bum bum (laughs) boom. Um, we should probably tag this episode about murder because there's a lot of popular podcasts about murder. We murders. should.
1: Murder mystery. <laughs> it's a murder mystery podcast. Yeah, this,
0: this made me, book made me laugh because I feel like every time we've had a mystery or detective story, we've always been like, this is going to be the only one. And we just keep reading more of them. And it's just the fact is that people like to read crime novels. We just so don't. And of course, yeah. there's a lot on the list, even though it's not a genre we really get into. Yeah. And I only read them unless if J.K. Rowling has written them.
1: Touche. So yeah. this is our spoiler alert section because... I'm gonna tell you who got murdered, and we're gonna talk about that. So if you don't want to know who gets murdered, you gotta stop listening now. Yeah. Uh So the long form description of this novel is that this grifter Frank is kind of floating around, and he winds up um, at a like old highway type uh, gas station that gas has station, a restaurant, restaurant like hotel. you know, yeah. um, kind of place that was popular in the early nineteen. 19- 30s 1940s and the f- another man Nick and his wife Cora lived there and Frank and Cora start a like love affair and this book is pretty for being the 1930s is decently explicit yeah I texted you I was like this book is like a lot kinkier than you would yeah think. um yeah. and so they start this love affair and then they decide that they need to murder Frank or Nick sorry <laughs> they need to murder Nick and they try to murder him in one round to this like crazy murder where they're going to knock him over the head in the bathtub and murder him and it fails and so then they frank goes away for, they a, separate while. for a while and then
0: he comes back and he's like i like because i still want to be with you and and nick wants like oh, i still want you to
1: work for me because nick has no idea yeah
0: and then um and then they decide nope we are gonna murder nick and they murder him uh-huh and then they get away with it yep and then they're together, and they're, like, still living in the same place, and they're disagreeing about, should we stay here, should we move on? And um, the G- Cora's mom is dying, and so she goes out of town, and while she's gone, uh, Frank has an affair. And then when she gets back, um, she they a guy comes to, like, blackmail them who has a confession. Who knows about their... Yeah, and so they beat martyrs. the shit out of him, and they mm-hmm. get the things that are he's going to use to blackmail them. And then Cora's like... I had a chance to rat you out and I decide not to do it. So you need to have a chance to kill me and decide not to do it. And then I'll know that we're really in love. And so they go to the so beach. So crazy. The next day. And like they swim out and he has a chance to murder her. And he decide he doesn't murder her. But then she like gets a cramp and so- and, he- and she's pregnant. Uh-huh. And so she's worried about ha- that she's having a miscarriage. And so they get into the car and they're going really fast to the hospital. And they get in an accidental car accident that really is accidental. Mm-hmm. Uh and but then, of course, it looks like Nick just murdered her now. And then he ends up going to prison for the, being on death row for both murders. And the, at the end, you find out this
1: book has like a great last 10 pages mm-hmm. where you find out he's really re- he's writing this for a priest. And he's saying, like, if I don't get off death row, if I do, if I do get off death row, please burn this. If I um, get a stay, please use it for evidence in my case. Give it to my lawyer. If I do not get off death row publish it and let the world hear my story yeah so you know that he's dead dead. (laughs) yeah
0: it's so the last 10 pages this book yeah it's so it's so modern yeah crazy it reads so fast it was the whole time I reading i was like oh 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 my gosh shit like it was i've never we haven't read any podcast books that have been like that Um, and that's why i said tarantino was my one word because it felt
1: like a tarantino movie like this is happening and then this is happening in the chapters and it's really sparse and it's like it's sparse but it's so full like yeah. the language the book was written in is very like sentence 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 it's not it's not fluffy
0: yeah and i know you you didn't get this because your book was misprinted and it starts on page 25 oh yeah <laughs> um, but in the first page there's a like a description about the author and it talks about how his books um were banned yeah for being um to like Crazy, um, and and it was tried. He was tried for obscenity, yeah, because of it. And I, and I, just I like,
1: totally wow. believe it for the time. I
0: mean, this yeah. is not like a jarring book for now. At but anyway, it is like it is. There's like multiple moments where, like, when they hurt when Frank and Cora first kiss, she's like bite me, and he bites oh, her so yeah. the it's... lip she's like bleeding and has a huge bruise. And then there's another part. So the craziest part of the book is when they murder Nick. It's it's a, a car accident uh-huh. like a fake car accident and then he's like they think dead in the car he eventually he's like unconscious and he dies later in the ambulance and they're like he's you know the Frank's gonna get in the car to make sure it look like he was the driver and she's gonna go up and like flag down you know oh we've got help us but before they do that they're so turned on <laughs> By the yeah. murder, and they have sex on the floor in the forest, and 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 they like get off on it, and she. And then after that, she's just, like, and he hits her in the face, so it'll look like she. But was in, in the like accident. the moment of like, yeah, their, like, but it's like sexual uh-huh. that he hits her. It's like it, there is a lot of violence in their attraction to each other.
1: Well, and it was like their whole relationship was really violent and volatile, like. Even though she was saying, I can't believe that you won't kill me at the end unless you have the chance to. I can't trust you. It almost was like she, like, was getting off on that, yeah, too. it's like they're And she's pregnant, by the way, at the end part two where she's doing that, which is all kinds of fucked up. Yeah. Um Obscenity, sorry, I'll put an obscenity warning. Uh
0: but yeah, it's just that this uh Yeah, this book makes makes me feel like we are gonna swear in the episode because it's just it's that kind of book. Yeah, it's it's a Tarantino book. It felt like a Tarantino movie. I was like, this is the second craziest book we've read. The first one being our first book, The Midnight Examiner. That book was messed up and it was stupid. This This book, book is messed up and it's compelling. This is what I
1: wanted Midnight Examiner
0: to be. Yes, totally.
1: Like, this is what I was hoping Midnight Examiner would be. I also would like to point out, this is to do with my book personally. A, the first 25 pages are missing. So I uh, went to take a bath and read this book and opened the book up. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen. And now I don't have a book. Two, my book has what looks like stab marks in the back of it. It (laughs) does. (laughs) That are, like, through the last, like,
0: five pages of the book are like I mean that's very appropriate stabbed through, that's very which appropriate. is very on brand with this book yeah what's funny is that you like messaged me that you you had to get the audiobook right because on page 25 and you're like all I know is that on page 25 someone was killed so when I was reading it at the, I was reading it at the same time uh-huh. I got to page 25 and there and the sentences and killed her deader than hell and but they, they're talking about a cat a Cat. yeah <laughs> I just love there's a the first time they try to murder him um, there's a cat and they've put up like a ladder outside the house so she can come downstairs after mm-hmm. she kills him and there's a cat and it's like climbing up the ladder and a policeman just stops by randomly like it's and and it's like oh what a cute cat cats are so great it just has a whole like two conversation about like cats are so fun they just never know what they're gonna do and then the cat the reason the murder goes wrong is because the cat steps on the fuse box and it, like, throws off all the power and it kills the cat. And that's what you had seen on page the page that your book started. The page <laughs> of my
1: book started was that cat dying. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, yeah. It also, it's kind of funny because the cats come up in this book twice because the woman that Frank has is an affair with mm-hmm. is a big cat, like, gamekeeper. She, like, hunts yeah. and cares for big cats. Um, and she. the reason he gets caught in his affair she gifts him a baby puma. Like. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. Just so, like, why? Yeah. And then, like, the puma comes back later during the trial as a piece of evidence.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Um, let's talk about how the title of this book, The Postman Always Ring Twice, is in quotes and has... On face value, has nothing. There's no postman's book. There's no ringing twice. There's no twice anything except for two murder attempts. That's it. Yeah. It's, and I was just, I finished the book and I closed it and I was like, oh, doesn't, yeah. Uh, Yeah. No,
1: (laughs) I had to Google it. So apparently, this is a thing that had a lot of like speculation about it. And they originally thought it was a reference to a murder that had actually happened in real life that this author wrote about Um, that a woman had murdered her husband, because of her lover, similar to this novel, and had uh, told the postman when he was delivering her husband's uh, life insurance checks to always ring the door twice so she knew to answer. But that's not actually what it's a reference to. So while he was on a film set for one of his books being made into a film, he was talking with the producer guy, and they decided that the postman tr- rings twice is an allusion to the fact that a long time ago when – mailmen would ring right when telegraphs became popular you would ring once for a letter because you could just leave a letter at the door and nobody needed to get it but you'd ring twice as if it was a telegraph because somebody had to come receive it and it's that frank has to receive his comeuppance for the murder so the mm. bell ringing the first time is, when is they get off. is when they get off after they actually kill nick and the bell ringing the second time is when he gets charged with the murder of cora even though that's not the one he committed because he had to get his comeuppance for the Nick murder. Yeah,
0: and I love how he's like when he's in the last part when he is writing from Death Row. He, he, he's like, I wonder if in the last moment before her death, Cora thought I really was trying to kill her on uh-huh. purpose. Ugh. This book like wraps up in a neat little circle the way you really want a mystery to wrap up. Yeah. It's very satisfying. Well,
1: and then it was interesting too because when he was on Death Row, he was thinking like, It makes me think, did I really do it unconsciously? Because I didn't think I was going to do it. Yeah, someone tells
0: him about the unconscious, one of the other Uh prisoners, and he gets freaked out, like, about it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and I listened to this whole book on audiobook, and the narrator for the audiobook was Stanley Tucci. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Um, I didn't know he did that. (laughs) Which was just an added layer of excellence. Yes, uh, On top of this book. So... I usually listen to audiobooks on like 1.5 because I like for it to go faster than people can actually talk in real life. But I had to listen to this one at normal speed because it was just so great. <laughs> and the audiobook had um, in between the sections of the book. I don't know. Does the book get divided into parts or is it just no, chapters? Just okay.
0: Chapters.
1: So after major events in the book, the audiobook would go into like a film noir like music segment oh that's awesome and go out into music for like a minute and a half and then it would come back in to the story again which was really cool as well
0: i know it says on the back of the book that this book is a classic of the roman noir i don't know i don't know what roman noir noir is and then it says that um albert camus um based the stranger on this book which that's a book i had to read in college oh i don't remember its plot but i remember disliking it Hmm. um but this book was uh, this book is just fun like this is a a fun read it's got a lot of energy Mm -hmm. it's fun like it's not leading us to have a discussion about colonialism or racism or gender inequality but it is
1: fun it was fun and like (laughs) it did have some reprehensible people in it we could talk about that because it seemed like the man who got murdered was a nice honest man They're all terrible. And they kept <laughs> referencing that. They kept saying how they like, they loved Nick and Nick was so nice, but she didn't want to be married to him. Because he was, he was nice. a
0: dirty Greek.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad.
0: <laughs> well, but and then Frank though. Frank thought Nick was a great guy. Yeah, and he thought that the only reason the murder afterwards is bothering him is because he really liked Nick. <laughs> like, well then why'd you kill him? Did they fought like the way that they end up together in the first place is that Frank and Cora are just like there's they're just like attracted to each other and then suddenly they're sleeping together like there's no romance no no to no, no, no Yeah, it's there's like, no lead up yeah it's a real quick uh but then the whole time she's like but i really like nick but i only stayed to work for him so i could sleep with his wife
1: oh yeah it was great i thoroughly enjoyed this book i don't know what this adds to canon of literature i don't know what this added to me as a reader but i like Walked away from this book, and I was like, I would read his other things. Yeah, his, his, great. his
0: other most famous book is called Dub- Double Indemnity, which I've definitely heard of. I think there's a movie of that, And right? that
1: one's ba- – there's a lot of movies of this one, too. Yeah. That one's ba- – that's the one that's actually based off the murders that they thought this first oh, book was based off of. Yeah,
0: I totally would add that, add that to the TBR. Because it's just – it's just – it was just so easy and fun. Yeah, it's so – yeah, it was just entertaining. So the question is, is, is a book that's just entertaining a book that everyone – should before they die because there's lots of books that are entertaining. And is this the book, you know, that's that? I mean, apparently it's foundational in its genre, Roman noir, whatever that is. And that's sometimes we put books on the list. For yeah. That. I don't know.
1: I i put, have I taken it off the list or is it still on the Let list? Let me look.
0: What are you talking about? The
1: one about the first one about the murders we read, uh from for whom to each his own.
0: We took that off when we redid the list at, at book 20 when we, we checked. We if
1: I had left two Eaches on the list, I would replace it today with this book.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. But it's off. I know. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. So that's. I feel like this that's, book also talk touches on the themes of like alias grace of like reliable narration and what, you mm-hmm. know, and like why we do what we do and yeah, why we murder people. Why we don't feel guilty about it. Yeah. And
1: I guess the real question is, does a book deserve to be on the list? Like you said, because we just liked it because it was just a good, crazy book.
0: Yeah. I'm looking at the ones we put on here. I mean, I don't think there's any on here that is that we put on here for that reason. I mean, I didn't put the Talented Mr. Ripley on. You did. And I didn't put it on because I was like, it's a fine book. I liked it, but I don't think it's canon. Mm -hmm. You know, Um I like this one better than The Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, for sure. Um But I feel like if you if you really read a lot of crime novels and that's like you're into reading and but you and someone wants you to read something more his, like historical, mm-hmm. this would be the book to be like, see, classics aren't boring. And classics it's cover can be fun. is so
1: pretty. Yeah,
0: because the cover's like horizontal. It so, looks like a movie title. Yeah. I just really liked this book. I mean, if we put it on the list, we could, and we then we realize we never think about it again after today. We can always take it off when we review it at True. the twenty at the forty. I book do mark. think we talk a lot about
1: um, novels that introduce readers to reading and whether mm-hmm. they have value. Kind of piggybacking off what you just said, and I feel like there is value in books that make people want to read. Like I could walk into the other room and hand this to Jeremy right now, and I bet he would read the whole thing.
0: Yeah. It's yeah, because it's entertaining. Because it's entertaining, it's easy, it's fun, and you're right that like sometimes books you need to have a book that's good without having to read the deeper meaning. You know, like that that's still a classic. And I think that that is a part of reading. So at
1: some point, a book like that does belong on the list. Yeah, it's just is this the book or how
0: many books like that belong on the list? I mean, I feel like we could put it on, but then. I book five hundred, you know, I might take it off, right? Like like it might yeah. not stand the test of time by the time we get to a thousand and one, but I feel like the
1: thing that would that would make me I'm leaning towards putting it on, but the thing that would make me take it off is when we get down the line to like a hundred or two hundred, if when I look at the list it doesn't still make me smile like that was a really good read. Yeah. I don't think it belongs on the list. But if I'm looking at our list we've built and I'm like, oh yeah, that was a really good fun read. I think it still is like, yeah,
0: Hmm. yeah, that's, that's true.
1: I just, yeah, I don't know where that lies in our canon.
0: Yeah. We don't really have a rule like for that as a reason, but this could be the book that we say that's one of the reasons that it's accessible to new, not huge readers Mm -hmm. and that, um, and that it's fun and entertaining. All right, let's do the countdown. (sighs) One, two, three. Yes. yes. Tentative yes from both of us. For now. I'm willing to, I mean, we've agreed that every 20 books, we're kind of going to go over the books put on the list so far and add or remove mostly based on like, have we really thought about this a lot? And I think even we did it at book 20 and I think we should probably, when we do it next time, we should start at like book 17 mm-hmm. because those yeah. ones that was still so close when we did the review before. And it really, you really got to give it a month or two to be like, yes. Because the ones that are on the list that are old that are on there, I still feel think like about, solid, yeah. really solid. So this is definitely one that um I could remove move later but i will put on for now
1: and i wonder if i'll just keep thinking about it because it was such a good book yeah and i I can, <laughs> I can imagine us
0: referencing this book a lot yeah you know in the podcast so. i also
1: i just i can't get over how pretty it is
0: yes, yes. enjoy <laughs> our photos on our Instagram
1: <laughs> and let's see and
0: all the above it is
1: beautiful <laughs> so there's that yeah
0: it is one of the better covers so
1: um far. yeah So I guess that means this was a quick discussion time just because there wasn't... Short book? It was a short book. It was kind of just more fun.
0: Um, But that means we're moving into our second segment of the day. So last week you heard some of my favorite quotes from books. um, And now Chelsea's going to share some of hers. We're going to talk about them.
1: Yes, I'm so excited. If you were to guess which books my favorite quotes come from, what would you think?
0: Uh, the Book Thief. Yes. A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. Oh, I didn't get one from there. Um, and some, like, extensive fantasy series. Uh, there is one from that, <laughs> yes. Okay. So I chose... Nicole
1: ended up doing, like, six, so I chose, I think, five. Um, There are two Book Thiefs
0: <laughs> uh, because... Are they ones you already shared when you pitched the book thief for the list? Probably. <laughs> but let's hear them. One of them is, one of them isn't. All right. Let's
1: hear them. So one is, I have hated words, and I have loved them, and I hoped I have made them right. It's good. Which is good. good. The other one is, this is the one I know I've shared before, but it's literally, I think this is my favorite literary quote ever, ah. I which is big words. I think this is my favorite literary quote. I wanted to explain that I am constantly overestimating and underestimating the human race, that rarely do I even simply estimate it. I wanted to ask her how the same thing could be so ugly and so glorious and its words and stories so damning and yet so brilliant. I am haunted by humans.
0: Yeah, that is a I just.
1: <laughs> it's good. It's just my fave. Um, I also have one from... Uh, Sarah Dessen. Oh, yes. Is it, is, from the, is it from The Truth About Forever? Of course it is.
0: <laughs> I should have thought of that.
1: <laughs> the Truth About Forever, I don't know why this doesn't make it on my top 10 book list more often because this book was so important to me for so many years and I love this book. Yeah. Love this book.
0: Oh, important question. Have you and your fiance done the thing? The questions thing? Oh, we have n- done
1: the thing. Hey. <laughs> No, we have not played the questions game. That's not probably Jeremy's jam.
0: (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you could marry someone who hasn't played the questions game. Shit, got to reconsider.
1: This book is, uh, this quote is from the Truth About Forever*. It's just that, I just think that some things are meant to be broken, imperfect, chaotic. It's the universe's way of providing contrast, you know? There have to be a few holes in the road. It's how life is. Nice. Yeah. Um and then I do have some deep fantasy quotes cuz you know, you know me well. Uh so one of them is Brandon Sanderson, again, everybody should know at this point if you've been listening. I love him. Uh this first one is from his newest long series that he's producing and it producing writing. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, uh, a woman's strength should not be in her role, whatever she chooses to be, but in the power to choose that role, Ooh, which I really like. That's good. Yeah. Um, and then another one is, it's kind of a long setup, but it's about how it's possible to ignore someone working. It's possible to move through life, ignoring people who you expect to be doing, like, drudgery work and, like, struggling on the side of the road in reference to the story. Um, but the quote itself is that one can ignore a poor shirtless wretch doing such labor, but none can ignore a king sharing the load. Perhaps we should switch places more often. If a king is seen to assume the burden of the poorest of men, perhaps there will be those who will help him with his own load. So invisible, yet so daunting. Ooh,
0: that's good. No, that's
1: and so it's like, you know, I, I love that image of like, everybody has their own burden, and maybe the high should be coming down to help the low, and then it will also help the low to see that the high has a burden as well. Yeah. I really like that. Um, and then... I also chose uh, one from a random YA book that I really like. It's called Eliza and Her Monsters. Oh, I have read that. It's about a girl who does like a comic series online and um, she's wrapping up the series and someone figures out who she is. But the quote is, like life, what gives a story its meaning is the fact that it ends. Our stories have lives of their own and it's up to us to make them mean something.
0: Oh, I really like that one. Yeah.
1: So this whole activity made me realize that I don't tag my favorite quotes often enough because I knew what books had quotes that I really liked from them. Like I could think in my head, I thought of Eliza and her Monsters. And I was like, I know there's a book that a quote in that book that I really like, yeah. but I couldn't, I don't tag them. And then I went on Goodreads and realized there's an easy tagging
0: feature and a list that I could have been using for years. So there's that. Yes. Yeah, so just do it going forward. Don't be <laughs> obligated to go back and try to do it. No. I know that's in you. You would try to, but don't do it. <laughs> that will make you crazy. <laughs> Nicole knows me well. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Side note, I have you watched the new, well, new as of this recording, Netflix movie to all the boys I've loved before. No, but it's, I've read the book. I haven't. I watched the movie last night, and it was so good. I just put the book on hold. Of the library. Oh, today. I've read the book. I haven't read the whole series, but I've read the first there's, book. There's definitely going to be a sequel to the movie as well. Yeah. Um. And oh, you should watch it. It was adorable. <laughs>
1: I, I've been waiting for a night when Jeremy's gone, and I'm all by myself with my yeah. wine and my ice cream. Yeah. That's um, definitely.
0: Yeah. It's definitely a girl, girl movie. One hundred
1: yeah i also this is another side note uh since this is a short episode i don't feel bad about going on rambles no, Let's hear it. um marcus Zuzak, who wrote the book thief is releasing a new book in a month and a half oh it's a month and a half it's called bridge of clay guys you're gonna hear so much about it is that the first book he's written since then like, he's, it's written been 10 years. Other, he's written one other he's written one one called i am messenger um Did you like it? i never read it <gasps> what <laughs> why are you so excited for this one I didn't read it because at the time it was about like a bombing and I was like not interested. But now I've just kind of been saving it because he takes so long to publish new books. Okay. That I was like, I'll save it for when I really need a book that I know I'm going to love. And now he's coming out with this new book and I'm like, well, do I keep Messenger? Messenger? In my pocket of like books to read, or do I keep Bridget Clay? But of Clay sounds way more exciting. So I'm gonna still keep I Am Messenger in my like deep down hidden, like one day I'll read this novel. <laughs> I am I the only person that does that? It's okay.
0: <laughs> I mean, the only parallel I have is that I bought Legendary, which is the second uh-huh. book in the Caraval series like months ago and i haven't read it because i just keep thinking at some point i won't have anything else to read i'm just gonna want a really light fantasy and i'll have this one. Oh, i, I just really like
1: yet. to save i like to know i have a book that i'm gonna love on like
0: hold oh i feel like i in that scenario, i always I have only, one. i just like reread books oh i always have like one. when i'm when i'm like i just i really need to read something that's gonna really consume my love it, i just reread harry potter Every time.
1: <laughs> I do that too, but I always yeah, I always have one that I'm like, oh, I know yeah. I'll love this book. I need it on hold, just it's a security blanket. Yeah, you know. That's fine. That's um, fun. but Bridge of Clay. I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't even. The cover is gorgeous. I'm sure it's gonna wreck me. I'm gonna sob like a baby. It's going to be great. Your favorite thing. (laughs) It's going to be great. I haven't sobbed that much. I haven't sobbed in a book since A Monster Calls. I sobbed hysterically in that book.
0: That was the one that that you were talking talking about. Yeah. That I like just cried. I always assume they're just a cancer one. (laughs) You're like, this book's amazing. And you're not recommending it to me. I'm like, it's a cancer book. Because it
1: can't be the Holocaust. Yeah. (gasps) Because it's the Holocaust
0: (laughs) you'd recommend it to me because I I would like it. (laughs) That's just the way it is. (laughs) You know. I mean, touche. Yeah. Yeah. Touche. (laughs) I'm really excited this fall because the final book in the Throne of Glass series is coming out. And I'm so stoked, but I have a conundrum because my mom has been reading them. She's on book three or four. And so she has my books- and I, I think I have the first one and back at my house. But I'm like, I do I reread all? You that have to before it comes out because it's really soon. I'm, I mean, I won't be able to read it right when it comes out. But then I'll just what am I gonna do about the one she's reading? I just skip one in the middle of the series. Oh, get it on hold. Get it from the library. I guess I could do that. But then I was like, at the very least, the last two books that have come out are same timeline but parallel stories. Mm-hmm. I'm at least gonna. I've read those two only once. The other books I've read twice. So I'm at least gonna read See? those two. And that because when I when the fifth one came out the first of those two parallel books i reread them all just last year and so i like yeah, i it see this
1: is another weird thing i do when i know a series is coming to the end i sometimes and i know it's an author who like publishes them every year like this kind of author i sometimes won't read the one before the last one because i want to be able to read two at a time to finish it so i've only read the first five oh
0: my gosh so you didn't read the, the second of the, the parallel child so yeah. yeah
1: so i saved six and seven
0: to read together together. yeah it's funny because my mom's reading them and i gave her she's like hey you have to read one two three and four and then you read the prequels i've I've read and then you read the and then you read the other ones because i feel like if you read the prequels you wouldn't love the characters and it wouldn't be as good but you have to read them before book five i the prequels
1: i love the prequels of those books more than i love the books themselves the prequel stories are my favorite
0: and i love how they tie back in in no i
1: just loved them on their own marriage i don't.
0: Or, I mean, I thought I don't think I would have loved them if I had just picked that up and read it alone. No,
1: because I knew the characters, but
0: I yeah. loved them. Yeah, but I love how the author satisfied, like, the need of her fan base of just, like, tell me everything about these people's pasts. No! I need to know everything. Yeah. Like, that is very satisfying.
1: Yeah. Oh, she, just put out
0: a, she, just, she also just put out a new book a bat, about Batwoman or uh-huh, something. yeah. That is, that's, like, part of, like, the Marvel or DC, like, I was like, that doesn't really give me, but... No, I haven't read that. I mean, after I've read this book eight, maybe, 7 seven i'll have like a mass mass drought and i'll have to read it but.
1: i know you know who i want to publish some more books in a series i
0: love who six of crows oh yeah i think that you th- i think that's just gonna be a duology
1: no i know but she published gracia in that world the Gratia oh yeah trilogy. To- so i'm I hoping there's m- oh i like them they're good they're yeah. not as good as six of crows but they're really good mm-hmm. um but i want her to publish more in that world yeah like
0: now like yeah. yesterday in general if any other author wants to write a magical heist novel i, I want to read it oh yeah like, there's a thousand of like books that have the same trope i'd like some more of this trope <laughs> i know it's a it's a very underrepresented yeah. trope when you when i started reading the book i was just
1: like this is the best idea ever it's so fun it's like oceans 11 meets, meets harry potter. potter meets like high fantasy yeah beautiful <laughs> thing so good <laughs> Well, I think we're kind of wrapping up. We should probably
0: choose our next book. Book twenty-nine is called Mao the Second. Mao the Second. Obviously, Mao Zedong. China. Um, mm -hmm. China. Ancient? No, Mao from like the forties. Oh, communism. It's gonna be another book about communism, not uh, ancient China. <laughs> you know, culture- ancient China would have been so cool. I know, Cultural Revolution, famine. That's. I think that I think that's the direction. Well, we're I'm getting. less excited now. Couldn't you have just let me think ancient China? Have you read anything set in the Cultural Revolution? It's really interesting. No, but I communism more. It's communism. really interesting <laughs> because he's still like beloved, but like millions of people died because of his leadership. Like, not murdered, but, like, died of famine and disease. It's All really right. interesting. Maybe like you got culturally. me. Maybe I'll be in. it. But maybe it's not even about that. Who knows? I just <laughs> wanted,
1: like, this is terrible. I wanted, like, uh, Dynasty
0: Warriors is Japan, I think. Or, no, it's China. I
1: wanted, like, Dynasty Warriors in a book.
0: Oh, I don't know what Dynasty Warriors is. It's
1: a video game oh. where you <laughs> play the ancient Chinese, like, uh, like battles with like the huns and stuff it's super cool okay all right okay that's it's my childhood ps2 anyone with me playstation (laughs) 2 uh yeah we'll see okay so revolution communism i mean they're all all the books
0: we've read are somehow about communism unless they're pre-communism yeah but even then it's like oh this book helped form communism (laughs) A it, it all in comes world. back to um, okay so if you want to interact with us before then you can find us on twitter facebook and instagram at 1001 books pod and on litzy at 1001 po- books podcast or you can also email us at 1001
1: books podcast at gmail.com and we would love to hear from you all right
0: and until next week happy, happy reading, reading.